Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, thank you for joining us today. This is Allison Kay, and this is Disruptive CEO Nation, and we love business builders with a capital B, and our guest today is absolutely a capital B business builder. It is Kazuki Ota, and I want to welcome him to the program and invite him to tell you what he does today. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me today, Allison. A pleasure to meet you. Well, you're a CEO, but you're also a founder. So tell everybody what is the core um, focus that you have for business right now? Yeah, so Treasure Data is a SaaS software company, subscription as a software. We're selling the software called CDP, Customer Data Platform. Right now, for any businesses, customer journey, 70% is happening in digital world. For example, a few years ago, a lot of people, when they purchase the car, they go to dealership like five times, six times to make a purchase. But on average right now, it's 1.2 times. So a lot of consumer makes a lot of research and make purchase decision online and then come to the dealership, right? Mm-hmm. And the similar disruption, the digital disruption is happening in the digital world and also physical world. So our software, CDP, helps all of these brands and businesses to one, help them understand the customer by data, and then two, use that data to personalize the experience so that they can make better decisions to purchase your product. So I want to come back to your business, but I want to talk to you as as a business builder and, and also invite you to share some lessons along the way, because yours has been a little bit of what I would call an unconventional yeah. journey, which is so um, inspirational, but you didn't start off in the U.S. and you didn't even start off speaking English. So give us a little bit about your background. Sure. You know, I majored in computer science uh, when I was in the university and my professor has built the world's fastest supercomputer. So basically half a million computers combined into one system and that computer generated tons of data, right? Mm-hmm. So that gave me an experience of handling large amount of data, um, you know, when I was maybe like early 20s. And then I actually started the business around the data when I was 21. And uh, it actually started in Japan, where where I was born. And I also had an opportunity to work with the company who started in Silicon Valley. And our company grew from maybe five people to 40 people and took five years. But the Silicon Valley company scale from five people to 500 people in three years. So I was like, okay, if you're in software <laughs> industry, you have to come to Silicon Valley and then, then doing the global business because technically software can be distributed to anywhere in the globe, right? And I was 25, nothing to lose, right? So just come here and then start the business. You know, it's just like a three people, Japanese founders, now we have 750 people across 20 countries. So it's a quite a journey. Well, what when you first made the decision to come to the U.S., did you have contacts here already? Did you connect into an accelerator? Did you just plant yourself and say, this is, you know, we're, we're going to make this happen? 
Yeah, so, you know, uh, the lucky thing for me was I actually found a co-founder who lived here for five years. Mm-hmm. He was a VC, so comes from like a, a financial background, right? That's being said, you know, I had a product idea. He has this financial business background, so we come together. But again, you know, we pitched to maybe 20, 25 angel investors. They don't know you know, if they want to invest someone who even couldn't speak languages, right? And there is no Japanese entrepreneur. And, uh, but, you know, lucky us, there are just one angel person who invested into us. And then, you know, we started from there. So a lot of struggle, but it worked out really well. I feel like we were really lucky. And cause is this part of the reason I know if, um, if our listeners go, and um, first, you know, we always say go look at the website uh, of people that we're speaking with. So go take a look at Treasure Data. But I also know that you have on your heart to help other entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, is that part of the reason why? Because somebody took a chance on you? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I'm actually spending 5% of my time helping other entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, if you look back last 12 years, 15 years of my entrepreneur uh, life, it requires a lot of tough work, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of heartbreak moment, right? And just, I also made a lot of mistakes, especially the hiring and operations and everything. And um, I just want to see, you know, some entrepreneurs successfully biz- uh, build the global business together, right? So... I'm now, you know, probably spend 10 years, 15 years in this industry as an as a entrepreneur. So I really want to share my failures to the other entrepreneur so that they don't make any mistakes. I think the success requires a lot of luck, but at the same time, failure can be, uh, you know, avoided in certain cases, right? So that's why, you know, uh, I'm spending a lot of time with other entrepreneurs. And then I also learn a lot from new, you know, generation entrepreneurs too, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, when we started the company was like 12 years ago, the situation of starting company right now is completely different. So now I'm a CEO of 750 people company, but, you know, actually working with entrepreneur who just started a company um, teaches me the, you know, the passion and energy of this RD stage too, Right. So that all, you know, helps me growing too. Well, you know, because I find that like when I go out and speak or when I talk to people like you, it makes me want to be better at business myself. And it sounds like that's what what you get from these young entrepreneurs. Like don't lose that edge. Exactly. So I'm actually on the board of uh, my friend's company. I have probably personally invested into 11 companies, mostly my, you know, uh, colleagues and ex-treasure data employee network Mm -hmm. and really trying to help them grow at the same time. You know, I'm trying to, okay, by being an external board of my friend's company, I can see the challenges, but at the same time, I need to have indirect influence for them as a board because I can't operate. Right. Uh-huh. So that gives me the experience of, okay, so if you look at treasure data, how my board is thinking about me. Right. So that, you know, all of the experiences, you know, uh, grew me as a you know, executive for sure. A- absolutely. I, I love that piece of advice that you, 
you need to get outside of your own company. You need to get outside of your own business because yep. it will help you keep a better, I think, intuition even on your, your, your own business. Yeah. So builder is always like, okay, spend 100%, 180% of your life building your business. But at the same time, you just sometimes just too narrowly focused, right? So looking at other industry, looking at other business models, that all helps giving you more broader perspective. And also, I think, diverse, uh, you know, uh, view on your business, right? Well, you've had quite the scale up, up journey. And I know it's not just you. I know you have a whole team there with you. But I just want to acknowledge that, you know, your company has been InfoWorld's 2022 Technology um, of the Year Award winner. You've also been recognized from Sophomore and Information Industries Association as the best marketing solution. Um, and so, you know, you've really made this great, this great journey. There's a big, there's a lot of steps that happen, though, between, you know, coming and, and doing that pitch and getting the angel investor to building where you are today, what would you say were some of the key marketing or business strategies that your team employed to make the leaps that you've achieved to get to 700 plus employees? Yeah, I mean, it all starts from the uh, three things, right? People, product, and customer, right? So I always think first, okay, we need to have the best people, and, you know, we need to have a right vision and mission for them and then cultivating the culture where they all value the same thing. You know, for example, our corporate value is humility, openness, honesty, and reliability. And I'm really proud that a lot of people here values them, right? And also uh, our vision is what is called connected customer experiences, mm-hmm. Every time you talk with, let's say, the go-to website using mobile apps, talk with uh, the uh, salespeople in the uh, in the retail shop, or talk with Connect Center, uh, you need to be regarded as one person with customer 360 view of the data, and that's our vision, right? And right now in the system, we have probably two to three billion people's data inside our system. If you think about the entire uh, human population, it's 7.5. And then internet connected is 4.5. So we almost have half of the internet population's data inside That's our insane, Kaz. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. So our employee has an opportunity to make billions of people's life happier and safer and more convenient. But at the same time, we have a lot of people's data, including your parents and kids, right? So we have to be a custodian of that data, right? So that mission has to excite our, you know, colleagues, right? So that's the people side. And then product side and customer side, which is really, you know, obvious, but, you know, customer is really important. You, our business doesn't have a lot of customer. We have 450 customers. Mm-hmm. We specifically focus on global enterprise. So I actually personally visited more than 300 customers and just flying in and also, you know, listening what they want. I'm actually taking probably 70 flights a year. Just go visit the customer and learning from them. And it has been the same from day one. It's a subscription model, right? So it's just like adding one customer, one customer, one customer, and then building need to long-term relationship, which will eventually give us more profit, right? Because it's uh-huh. just a model, right? 
and uh, product. You know, you just have to have a one best product and then competing against large vendors. But you have to have a point of view and you need to reflect what you learn from customers into the product so that you can actually disrupt the entire category, right? We have 150 uh, competitors in the CDP customer data platform market, but we have a number one revenue share. It's just because, you know, we don't care much about competitors. We care about the customer. So, you know, I have a strong confidence that I think the understanding of the customer market uh, were the best. So that's why we are number one and we're not following anyone. I think there's a, a couple questions that I want to pick apart from what you just shared in there first. Sure. I really value what you said about that customer representative or the person making the client contact, rep, like that that person needs to represent the company and the client needs to view it as one person. Yep. I, I think that's a very, I, I know there's other ways people reflect it, but the way you said it, Kaz, is is very powerful that, yep. you know, I am one person. So your experience with me represents your experience with everybody yep. in this in this company. And I, I really appreciated yeah. that statement. The other thing I really appreciated is your story and your personal drive to be like, I always say this, I, I worked in the service industry for many years um, at different things I've done. And I've always, when I was young, I had a, a person that mentored me in, in, in mm-hmm. business. He actually sponsored me. If he wouldn't have opened doors for me, I wouldn't have built the career that I did. Right. But he used to say, Allison, the products in the field, like if you want to know what's happening, you, you got to get on the road and yep. see how people interface with your product, relate to your product. Right. And so Kaz, but there's, do you find there's so many people that don't do that, particularly as yeah. the CEO? Do, yeah. do you surprise people when you show up? <laughs> uh, yeah, in some sense, but I would say, you know, I see a lot of CEO who just, you know, sits in the corporate offices and then, you know, uh, you know, looking at the Excel, you know, I'm a little different, you know, I'm more customer oriented. Mm-hmm. I hire people who can operate better because like, uh, you know, I'm not a professional CEO. I'm just bottle ground bottle-tested entrepreneur turned into CEO for some reason, right? <laughs> I still happen to, you know, start this company and I'm best positioned to run this company right now because of the history and knowledge and all these and vision, right? Um, so, but, you know, I, I always value the learning from customer, whether they are not happy or happy or angry, right? So I think the angry customer is actually the best opportunity for us to learn, for example, right? So, you know, I, yeah, just put an emphasis on the customer first mentality for sure. Well, clearly, if if you cited so many competitors in the market and you have uh, what you positioned as the number one, um, you know, market share, you, you all are doing something right. And that's that's absolutely for sure. How do you look at your kind of next stage of growth or your strategies for customer acquisition as much as you're at liberty to share or say? Yeah, so right now we have a lot of demand, right? So now the economy, you know, inflation, there's like a downtime, downturn, right? So a lot of like, you know, marketing organization has to be more efficient. 
and it has to be more data driven, right? Mm-hmm. We're actually getting a lot of inquiries from, especially the ones who actually have large marketing budget, like global brands. At the same time, small to medium sized company, their budget is becoming tighter. So it makes more sense. Like if you spend 1% of your marketing budget to make the rest of 99% more efficient, right? And then I'm just like, you know, if you look at our customer base, um, they're making like sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue increase by using the data-driven marketing campaign, right? Um, so, you know, I think the next close uh, we're imagining is, okay, you know, we have a lot of uh, footprint globally and uh, we just need to figure out how can we make, you know, help large global enterprises run the efficient marketing campaign through this customer data at the same time honoring the consumer data privacy, right? That's really the question. Do you find, I know if we look around the world and I know you said your focus is global enterprises and yeah, we can't talk about data and data trust and without talking about uh security issues and i know i've i've heard um and i you know i don't i'm not sure are you aggregating most of the data from within the company's walls or are you marrying aggregated data from outside the company walls with public information as well yeah it's a great question so our primary focus is to collect data within the enterprise so we're not dealing with any public data set you know, the primary question is, okay, I was uh, in Europe meeting one of my clients and they're like, okay, I have 3,000 brands and operate within 200 countries and I have 10,000 marketers. And then there's so much regulation going on. <laughs> there are that sounds so like, that sounds like a, a bad college math problem is what that <laughs> yeah. sounded like. So the complexity of customer <laughs> data getting siloed is like huge. Yeah. Right. So that's where we come in and bringing in an order where, you know, this business can actually orchestrate cross-brand marketing, uh, global marketing, specific brand marketing, country level marketing, all on top of one single unified customer data while honoring the consumer data privacy and data protection laws, right? So that's just like a lot of complexity there. Well, think of the business risk, right? If if there's so much at risk when you're dealing with such large scale organizations and large large scale brands, and you know the old way, which is still a good way, is is you know market split testing and and or do you know micro tests or trial balloons or whatever right. it is, but you're you're moving forward by trial and error versus really knowing your data. And like you said, the, the risks for that little horrible college math problem you just gave to us for that company, the risks are huge. If your assumption set yeah. starting point is wrong to begin with. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you think about CDP customer data platform, uh, you know, on one end, we are data company to provide better customer experience. But at the same time, we're providing the tool to be compliant with a lot of consumer data protection laws. Yes. Right. So starting from GDPR uh, in Europe, CCPA in California, there is this important right called right to be forgotten. 
So if consumer goes to the brand website, hey, please forget about me. And you have to delete the data, which means you exactly need to know where the customer data gets stored. But in a lot of enterprise, all of these brands acquire the company, merge the company, operate globally, operate siloed. So, you know, a lot of enterprise doesn't know where this customer data resides in, right? Which is a huge legal risk and you will be sued and fined eventually. Yeah, no, absolutely. The company that I'm um, leading right now, we operate in 63 countries and it's it's very difficult to be sure that you're you're doing everything the way that you should. And, and so that's why data business partners in all sorts of ways um, on multiple levels are great to have because, you know, you're in the, you're in the business of having, holding the intelligence on these topics, aside from just like, let's get your data out of the system and, and make it more usable. You have, I would assume, you know, this expertise on multiple levels to keep people out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's, um, I want to, I want to switch in, uh, in some of our time that is left because our time goes fast on this show and talk a little bit about, um, what trends get you excited today? I know, um, from getting to know you that you're a big advocate of open source, um, software and tools, but what trends are you excited about today in either big data or in other spaces? Yeah, you know, when I think about, you know, building the business, you know, my first angel investor, Bill Tai, actually told me, you know, to build a company, you have to ride on the right wave, which is market trend, and you have to have a right team. And then three, you have to have a right funding, right? And I think, of those three, the right market trend is really, really important, right? Mm-hmm. And then 10 years ago, we bet on the fact that, okay, data keeps growing. And after 12 years, it keeps growing. It may be true for the next 20 years, right? So that's what I actually bet on my life, right? And then, you know, that's a big way, but, you know, there's a, you know, adjacent waves to it, right? There's a customer experience, uh, data, you know, customer data wave, which is becoming more important. And second is privacy is getting more important, right? You know, last five to 10 years, Mm -hmm. Apple has announced more, you know, privacy features and consumer is more worried about like consumer data, how it's used, right? So that's like a subcategory, but it's a huge uh, wave as well, right? So that's on the business side. And there's on the technology side where, you know, 10 years ago, when I said to the investor, hey, eventually people will process a lot of data in the cloud. The feedbacks from investor was like, okay, who will throw away the data to the cloud? <laughs> and I guess everyone does right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so, it was a very foreign concept once. Yes. Exactly. So the cloud wave clearly happened together with the mobile now we're having like IoT, AI, ML, um, you know, is happening right now, right? So I think the being CEO with a technical background really, you know, makes uh, into the unique position where, okay, you have to see both sides, right? The business, consumer, world trend. At the same time, this technology trend, and you just have to bet on this, you know, one place where it just collides, Right. 
So that's where I think, you know, company can, you know, grow. Well, thank you for that. Okay, Kaz, 70 flights a year, busy life as a CEO. What do you do for fun and to keep life balanced? Yeah, I feel like, you know, um, just pulling yourself off from the work is really important. It's like, you know, after the work, I always go to the gym. And uh, I'm also a big gamer from the my teenagers, right? <laughs> if you think about a lot of technology, it's actually from gaming too. So, you know, I play a couple games together with my uh, friends and it's all virtual. They don't even know me being CEO, right? <laughs> friends. So I think having that personal private life is really important. That's how, you know, I really, you know, enjoy time. Well, thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a guest with us. We, again, I, I think that you shared some very interesting points for our audience and, um, we're going to go take a look at, at treasure data and get to know it even more. Anything else that you would share with our listeners, how they can find you, what they should go to, how can they learn more? Sure. Again, come to treasuredata.com to find out more. At the same time, uh, again, I'm spending 5% of my time to help other entrepreneurs and then, you know, growing together. So please find me on LinkedIn, Kazuki Ota, and then contact me anytime. Thank you so much, Kaz. And to our listeners, keep your eye in the future and always be disruptive. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.